Jesus Christ is alive. He is coming soon. We're looking forward to His return. And in the process, we're going to be serving Him and honoring Him and glorifying Him. Rick did a, a good job uh, yesterday morning that uh, he was teaching on Acts chapter 1, 1 through 8. And I'm going to uh, add some things, uh, not correct or anything. I'm just, uh, some things, when I'm looking at Scripture, I just see detail. I, I, whoa, mercy. I see things that just pop out at me that uh, I haven't seen before. So I want to share that with you in Acts chapter 1. I'm going to go 1 through 3. So let's read that, and then we're going to get back into the detail thereof. The former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and teaching of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Well, I started looking at the former account I made of Theopolis. I never met Theopolis personally, but uh, I had to find out something about him. Not much. Um, over in uh, Luke chapter three, Luke chapter one verse three. Paul, uh, Paul, I mean uh, Luke, was saying, saying, oh, most excellent Theopolis. So, you know, he must have been an important person. But I actually, uh, you know, names mean something in the Bible. And so I looked up Theopolis, and his name means loved by God. Hmm. Also, it, it can be uh, translated friend of God. So, in looking at the fact that Luke said he was most excellent Theophilus, a title of respect, I had this thought run through my mind. Could this be written to us <laughs> as one who is a friend of God, loved by him and considered by him most excellent of his creation? I don't know. That name Theopolis means a lot. And we are a friend of God. We're loved by Him. And we are certainly the most excellent aspect of His creation. We may not act like it, but we certainly are according to God Himself. So this could be written to us. I take it that way. Uh, I believe that everything that's in the Bible is written to us anyway. It's just not there on the you know words on a page. It's not written to that person or to the Jews or to the Gentiles or to those you know scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees and all the other C's. I just think it this word is personally written to me personally and to you as well. When you read it, think of it that way. So here I, I looked at this and said, I'm I'm loved of God. Yeah. He loved me so much he gave his son Jesus on the cross for me. He, uh, Jesus considered me to be a friend. Yeah, I'm a friend of Jesus. And uh, as I said, you know, the best thing in God's creation is us. Yeah, I mean, 
we are the ones that can bear witness to Him and bear witness to what He has done in our lives. So, Theopolis. Yeah. Uh, don't just overlook something. Don't You know, you go through, whoa, there goes the name. Well, so what? <laughs> Let the Holy Spirit tell you what's going on here. So, here, now let's continue on. I made, uh, the former account I made of Theopolis of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Began. In other words, for three and a half years, he was from the face of the earth, he began. As a matter of fact, he began at the age 12, didn't he? Yeah, because he had studied the Word. He was looking at it. He confounded the wise men of the day. But uh, he began with these disciples teaching them. He began to do and to teach. To do what? To do ministry. To present the Father to everyone upon the face of the earth. To prevent the Father's love. To let everyone know that they are loved of God. How did he do that? Well, he demonstrated that love by healing people. By setting them free of all demon, demonic activity in their life. By just letting them know that I'm here for you. Just come unto me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. So he's here. He began to do, uh, and he began to teach. Uh, you know, his purpose was just not to come and, and stand in the pulpit somewhere and say we're going to have a nice sermon today and everybody can go home after that. No, he came to be with some people, a group of men that he chose to be disciples to follow him, and he began to pour his life into them, discipling them, teaching them everything he could. Uh, he began to teach them because, you see, he was going knowing that he was going to leave. Now, <laughs> I, I don't know whenever Rick Bombam's going to leave, <laughs> but uh, he would want to leave the ministry into capable hands, into hands that he has taught, he has groomed for that particular purpose. And that's what Jesus did. He began to teach and to make disciples. Teaching what? The kingdom of God. Principles. How to operate in the kingdom. How to walk in the kingdom. How to live in the kingdom. How to function completely. As you may know in teaching Bible study here, I have, I've taught since February certain items concerning the kingdom of God. Because it's important that we in this time, as we know now with all that's going on, we need to live in a kingdom whereby the world cannot affect us. It will not penetrate us. We are no, we are, we're, not, we're not citizens of this earth. We're citizens of heaven. We may, we may be on this earth, but we're not of it. So therefore, Jesus was teaching the disciples. He began to teach them about how to live in the kingdom of God. They knew how to live on the earth, but they didn't know how to live in the kingdom. And he brought the kingdom here upon the face of the earth. So, that finished the ministry of Jesus. 
No, it did not. <laughs> he is still, he is still doing and teaching. It said he began. To me, that tells me that he started and he's continuing. He has not given up even today to do and to teach about the ministry, how to function, how to work in it, how to operate in the kingdom, how to minister to people. He's always doing that. As Rick was saying, he, he, it gives you the uh, insight, the, the wisdom and the, and the knowledge and the discerning to be able to minister to people. Because Jesus had that. We ought to do the same works and even greater works, as, as was said. So he began to do and to teach. That's verse 1. <laughs> That's verse 1. Uh, whoa, I mean, uh, what a, what, whoa, I'm getting tired just on verse 1 here. <laughs> well, let's, let's go to verse 2. Until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Let's look at that. Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to, uh, to Luke chapter 3. Chapter 3 and uh, verses 21 and 22. Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 23. And when the people were baptized by John the Baptist, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descending in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit came upon him. Because you see, Jesus did not begin ministry until he had the Holy Spirit. Until he was full of the Holy Spirit. He didn't come in his divine nature to minister. He came as a human being to be filled with the Holy Spirit to show us we need the same thing. He came and was filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Filled with the Holy Spirit. If He needed it, how about us? I don't know about you, but I have to depend upon Holy Spirit. He is the one that's here. Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. Holy Spirit's here on the face of the earth to do the ministry that Jesus began. So, he, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what happened after that? Returned from Jordan and was led. Led by the Spirit. I mean, you would think Jesus would know where He was going and what He was supposed to do. But uh, we, we think that too sometimes, don't we? Yeah, I, I believe I, I need to go over there. Uh, I need to happen to there. I need to minister to that person. Uh, yeah. But we need to be led by the Spirit. And when we're led by the Spirit, things will take place. Results will happen. 
So he was led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. Jesus. I can't believe you, Jesus. You you had to be led by someone? Yeah. He was setting in motion the fact that we needed to be led. Uh-huh. I remember uh, marching in the... Uh, I was in high school band, and I played the trumpet. Don't ask me to do that now. <laughs> no. Leave that up to the uh, heavenly host to do that, <laughs> to blow the horn. I cannot blow a note. But I remember marching in the band, and there was also one out there that was the band leader, the what you call the head, the guy who was... Anyway, he was leading us. We had to be led. Even though we knew how to play the song, even though we knew how to march, we had to be led as a group to go where we were supposed to go. So we didn't have to worry about uh, where we were going. We just had to be concerned about doing the ministry of the music. That's all we had to do. That's what God wants us to do. Don't worry about where to go, what to do, what to say. Just realize you're going to be led, and then you'll be able to do the ministry because you're already led by the Spirit. Whoa, I tell you, Jesus, you are setting the example. Well, how about in, uh, in Acts chapter 10? I got that. Acts chapter 10. Verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, that's what Rick talked about in verse 8 of Acts chapter 1, to receive power. To receive power. Jesus was anointed to receive power. Power for what? For ministry. You've got to have power for ministry. You can't just go sit in a car without an engine. It's not going anywhere. You're just going to sit still. Oh, God, I wish this car would move. I just wish you'd move this car. Come on, God, move this car. And God's saying, listen, I want you to have the power of an engine so that you can move. So we're going to have to have the power in order to be able to do ministry. We cannot move without the power. Can't go out on your own. So he, here's Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, operating under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's what it says. He threw the Holy Spirit in verse 2 of Acts 1. He threw the Holy Spirit. Then say, He had given this commandments. He said, He threw the Holy Spirit had given commandments. Well, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just don't like to be commanded. <laughs> uh, I was in the ROTC for two years in college, and I didn't want to be commanded. Uh, uh, even though I was in the band in the ROTC, I still didn't want to be commanded. I wanted to, you know, let me do my thing. But he gave commandments to the apostles. He gave them, well, that's what... Commandments. Well, this is not the uh, the f- the first time, is it? No, John, you got uh, Matthew ten, verse one and verse seven and eight. 
And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So seven and eight. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. So he gave them power. He was training his disciples. He gave them power. Ain't been filled with the Holy Spirit yet, but at this moment, he gave them power to, to go. He was commanding them to go, to go, to minister their people there. I want you to be trained in healing people, setting people free, getting these demons cast out. But you've got to have the power. So he gave the, the disciples at that time power to for ministry. P- power. He got to have. He commanded that to take place. Now, back over in, in Luke, I'm going back over in Luke chapter 24, and Rick mentioned this. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Yeah, we already heard that. Yeah, I know. We're going to hear it again. Behold, Jesus said, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Power from on high. You've got to wait for the power. Some power you had when I... You know, he's talking to his, his disciples here. And he's telling them, listen, I want you to wait for the power. And they're thinking, let's see, we had that at one time. We had that power to go minister. So what he's reminding them, said, Let, you remember that power that I gave you to go minister? I want you to wait for that power. I want you to have that same power that you've already experienced and to a certain degree. I want you to have that power that, boy, you're going to experience it in a mighty way. Uh, so you've got to wait for that power. So here they go. They're waiting. How long do you wait? <laughs> you know, uh, until it happens. Until it happens. I tell you, for me, uh, it, it actually took, uh, I guess, well, I got it the first night that the lady talked about the book of Acts and I just floated out and she laid hands on me and I got filled with the Holy Spirit. But, it was a month later until I got uh, the bear to go. How about how you know about the she do blah blah blah, you know all that stuff. And uh, I'm like, oh, I was sitting in the uh, in the in sitting room in the home. <laughs> you know where that is. <laughs> but anyway, anything could happen in any part of the house. So here we go. I was uh, I waited and I, I got the fullness of it, and it came because I God called me to be in ministry, just as He called the disciples. To be a minister, he said, you can't go without it. Don't you dare try to do it without it. You're going to fail. You're going to mess it all up. So, these commandments he gave to the apostles whom he had chosen. Mm-hmm. Whom he had chosen. Uh, I'm going to turn over to John. John chapter uh, 15. And 
verse 16, Jesus said, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. So Jesus said, Listen, I chose you, disciples. I chose you. Now, what, what did they choose them for? He said, I chose you to go and bear fruit. Now, further back in uh, chapter 15 of John, Jesus said in verse 1, I, verse 1, I am the true vine and my Father the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Mm. Oh, boy. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. I mean, you know, he's going to cut on me one way or the other. <laughs> you know, But I'd much rather be cut and pruned than to just be cut off and thrown away. And you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I've never seen a dead branch on the ground bearing fruit. It never happened. It's got to be attached to the vine in order to bear the fruit. See, you're not producing it. Mm, listen now. You're not producing the fruit. The fruit is coming from the vine through the branch, and you bear it. That's one thing I uh, took a Hebrew class at. Uh, I think I've said this before, but I've got to say it again because it's a perfect example. I was taking a Hebrew class at Southeastern Baptist Seminary, and this girl came out and she said, Frank, you're a fruit-bearing tree. Now, I've never talked to her in my life. Now, how many people you going to walk up to and say, you're a fruit-bearing tree? <laughs> well, I said, what do you mean by that? I said, she said, your name written in Hebrew, Appel, shows a design of a tree bearing fruit. Whoa, that, that, that stuck with me, that God made me a fruit-bearing tree, and He's made you one whether your name is that or not. <laughs> it doesn't have to be upheld. You are still a fruit-bearing tree. God wants you to bear the fruit. Now, in verse 6 of chapter 15 of John, if anyone does not abide in me, he, he is cast off as a branch and then withered, and they, they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they'll burn. But if you abide in me, my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. You know, I think sometimes we take verse 7 out of context. Because we say, oh, whatever I ask, uh, uh, he'll, he'll do it. I mean, it'll be done for me. Well... What's, what's to be done to bear fruit? That's the context in which it was written. I can ask, the, I can ask, and, and what I desire, I desire for fruit to take place out of my life, and it'll be done. Hallelujah. 
So, that's, he chose us, he chose these disciples to bear fruit. Well, what about you? Uh, how about uh, Ephesians 1, 3, and 4, John? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. So, <clears throat> He chose us. Well, say He chose me back in 1974. Uh, to be a pastor? No. He chose me before the foundation of the world, before the earth. He chose you before the foundation of the earth to bear fruit. Why? Because that goes back to the name Theopolis. You're the most excellent part of His creation. You're the only one in His creation that can bear fruit for Him. So therefore, he chose you for that purpose. But I, I, I'm not in full-time ministry. That doesn't make any difference. You are still in ministry. And I said this before, and I'll say it again about Old Roberts University. They don't train people to have a major to go get a job. They train people to have a major so that in that job they can bear fruit. That's it. That's the only reason that we should have a job. Oh, yes, I, I got a job because I need some money. Well, God's going to supply the money once you're bearing fruit. and you're doing God's will, He's going to take care of you. When you seek first the kingdom of God, He adds everything you need. So, God wants us to bear fruit. He wants us to be fully, fully chosen, knowing that we are chosen to do so. Wow. So, I want you to get up in the morning and say, Okay, God. Where do you want me to bear fruit today? Where, where, where am I to bear fruit today? What, what am I to do? Come on, I gotta know. I got, I want to bear fruit for you today. See, that's putting you, <laughs> not first. That's putting you uh, down on the list. Jesus is on the top. He's the second, the third, and fourth, fifth, fifth, sixth. He is the list. And you're the one that's going to bear fruit for him every single day. Now, whoa, that's that's two verses. <laughs> Amen. Mm. Well, let's go for three more. Uh, go for three. Well, I mean, again, the verse three of Acts chapter one, and he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. He presented him infallible proofs. That's unmistakably. Proof that this is He. You will not... You know, that's what's so good about Jesus. He will always present Himself to you and you'll know. You, It won't be any mistake. It won't be a false prophet. It won't be a, a demon looking like. It won't be the Antichrist. It will be Him Himself. You'll know Him. Un, infallible proofs. Unmistakable. You, you will not doubt it. It will be Him coming to you. And what is He going to do? Well, Robert do the same thing He did with them for 40 days. He spoke of the things that pertaining to the kingdom of God. That's what He did. 
Because, see, that was the most important thing on his heart was to get the kingdom of God rolling upon the face of the earth and getting these disciples into the point that they can become apostles to be sent out into the world so that they can further the kingdom. Jesus was one person. He needed followers to spread the kingdom throughout the world. That's the reason He needs us. He needs us to do it. Because, you see, that's what He came to earth to do. That's in Matthew four seventeen. He came to earth for this reason. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He began to preach. They repent. Here's the kingdom. I'm ushering in the kingdom. And uh, the kingdom, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. If we've got to know what the kingdom of God is all about. So, how do I know what the kingdom of God is all about? Why don't you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? <laughs> and then again in the book of Acts, where the church grabs hold of it and starts going, spreading the kingdom, operating in the kingdom, functioning in the kingdom, speaking the kingdom, you know, everything about the kingdom. The kingdom is there. So, I'm encouraging you right now to allow Jesus to present Himself to you and to teach you what your part is in the kingdom of God. To bear fruit. Where? How? When? To whom? What to say? How to say it? You don't know what you're doing until you are led by the Spirit of God and He will inform you exactly how to open your mouth and speak. I like what David Nutter said. That's my, my thing. David Nutter said, I don't speak unless I have something to say. In other words, I'm not going to stand around just to get into a conversation. i got something to say. I'm going to say it. I like that. I'm going to talk about the kingdom. I'm going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to talk about how God loves you. Why well, sit around and talk about, well, you know how this COVID-19 is spreading and they're getting higher and higher and everything. And you know what that... Uh, Oh, oh, did you watch that debate on TV? That was a debacle. That was a mess. And all that stuff was going on. There were just childish folks and everything was taking place. And that's all people are talking about. That will get us nowhere. Why not talk about the kingdom of God? How we're going to spread the kingdom. Minister the kingdom. Help someone today to get through all this mess. Hallelujah. Well... I believe my time is up. I believe we've said the three verses worth. Oh, boy, I tell you. But uh, I want to pray for you today. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that we have the great opportunity that you have chosen us before the foundation of the world, and you have chosen us to bear fruit. So I encourage you now to be filled afresh every single day with Holy Spirit in your life that you will bear fruit that will last forever in the kingdom of God, that wherever you go, you are a fruit-bearing tree. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.
Brilha a luz que é no meu viver. 